This Talking Flutes podcast is kindly sponsored by Trevor James Flutes, making life sound beautiful. You can show them some flute love by following them on Instagram at TJ Flutes, Trevor James Flutes on Facebook and at trevorjamesflutes.com. everybody and welcome to this first coronavirus lockdown survival talking flutes podcast with me a very croaky Jean-Paul Wright today. With over a third of the global population currently experiencing social restrictions some extremely severe I wanted to catch up with some of the wonderful flutists I know and who I've been trying to get onto talking flutes for ages but are always too busy flying around the world, performing and teaching. And you can hear somebody giggling in the background already. (laughs) They they also are now experienced in forced governmental confinement, which for a musician not only decimates their livelihood by not being able to perform to an active audience, but which has had a major effect on their ability to earn money to pay the bills. So the first flute player who I'll be chatting to on this Talking Flutes Lockdown Survival podcast this week, lives in Paris. Paris and flutists. I mean, it's just a great place to start, isn't it? She was born in Seoul, South Korea, but moved at an early age to Germany. She has lived and studied in Germany and France. Studied with Ida Ribera, Alan Marion, Jean-Pierre Rampal, Andras Adorian, Paul Mason, Nicolet and Pierre Ivato. A multilinguist, she teaches at the École Normale de Musique de Paris and at the Issy Le Moulineux Conservatory of Music, again near Paris. In 1988, she became a laureate of the Fifth International Flute Competition in Paris, Jean-Pierre Rampal, and in 2000, she won the Grand Prix of the Passem in Paris International Musician Com- Ah, International Music Competition. Do you know me here? I'm not. Um, I'm not used to reading so much here. So this is London Calling. This is London Calling Paris. Hello, Hi. Mihi Kim. Hello. Hello, Jean-Paul. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you for the introduction. I'm so honoured to be featured here. And and it's it's right that we have um, missed some occasions to speak properly, but with the whole lockdown situation going on, um, there's one thing that we have. It's time, right? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, what people don't know is we actually caught up in Paris a few weeks ago, just as this was starting, didn't we? Yes, yes, of course. And um, I had this lovely chance to test all the piccolos that you, le- how do you say this in English, borrowed me? No. Yeah, yeah. we lent you some piccolos because what yes, I didn't know is. that you're absolutely a phenomenal piccolo player as well. I have many secrets. I I don't tell everything. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah, I was one of these crazy people uh, just got for a a, a certain amount of time got hooked on the piccolo and practiced like five or six hours a day. And um, yeah, and that was very, very interesting. And um, I actually love that instrument because it can have this purity of a sound, but at the same time, the power of a of a big 
big, huge sound. And then the, the energy which is underneath makes it more expressive and it's very difficult, but I, I love it very much. It was a very good occasion to um, catch up again because I have stopped playing piccolo for a couple of years, even more, um, because of my schedule, as you said before. Well, there's just the thought of four or five hours a day practicing piccolos. The, the thought drives me bananas, let alone your neighbors. Oh, yes. No, no, no. Yeah, there, there are some tricks, but that that's another topic. Um, <laughs> Sticking your head in the bag, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I have this uh, huge Hermione bag where everything is stuck <laughs> in. And yes, just, just let me give you a small tip about piccolo practicing. It's that the first year when you study, uh, because I was professor of piccolo at the Ecole Normale for, um, for, for some years, um, the first year you just learn to have the capacity of uh, endurance um, of playing like four or five hours without harming yourself nor the neighbors. Um, it's all about the resonance, the, the lower registry resonance. So um, the first year would consist to develop um, a very relaxed tongue and throat in order to make the bottom very heavy and mm -hmm. not to fly away whatever you need to do. And of course, not playing all the time fortissimo because this ha can have serious consequences on your hearing. It, it, just the thought of playing the piccolo for longer than five minutes scares me. Oh, no, no. No, uh, you know, when I was, um, it's just a small anecdote, um, when I was playing um, in an orchestra piccolo and then the horn players just who were set beside me, they said, your piccolo does not hurt my ears. You can come again. <laughs> oh, well, that's the highest compliment. Highest compliment indeed. Lovely. <laughs> so, Mihi, how long have you been in lockdown in Paris? Um, now it's two weeks. Two weeks past. Right. So four, uh, 14 days. And how severe are the lockdown measures? You must consider that French people are not very disciplined. So um, it took some time so that everybody could accept this confinement, also mentally and physically. And also, um, there, we are one of the happy few who have nice conditions to make a lockdown. But there are many, many families, um, many people stuck in a very small apartment in Paris and the, the, the youngers just can stand and they go out. But um, there's police patrolling around and there is a fine. So at the first, um, the fine was like 40, uh, 50 something euros. And uh, rapidly, like three days after, they realized that it's not going to help because people are just going outside and pay the fine. So they raised it in 135 or 150 or something. And then right now, um, if you have, if you get caught three times within the month, you have six months jail time and, um, and a lot of money, I think 3000 euros or something. But despite the fact that they're so strong about this, um, they did 3 million controls as I have heard, and that they have given away 230,000 fines. Wow. So this, I mean, this is hilarious. This speaks a lot about French mentality. At the same time, I 
kind of can understand. But on the other side, we all agree that this is something very, very important and we have to be in lockdown. So uh, we're getting through this. But just, uh, was it yesterday, um, that our Prime Minister announced that it's going to be last until the 15th of April with possibility of prolongation. So we're just hanging in here. What's really surprising me is the, the different approaches taken around Europe. If I can tell you what's happening in the UK, yeah, we're in, in effect, a lockdown, but it's more, more of a relaxed lockdown. You're allowed to go out for essentials, in other words, to buy food, to go to collect medication. Oh, oh yes. But, but it's kind of complicated, yes. It is, but you're also allowed to go out to do one, one period of physical exercise whether it be walking, running, cycling, you're actually allowed out to do that. Um, we were there too. Are you allowed to do that too, to go out to exercise? We were, but there were some um, people getting caught like um, 30 miles away with their dogs. And um, so right now we have to print out a kind of a document what time we are leaving home. And we have to be within the hour returning and also, when you want to do physical exercises, stay limited to one kilometer. Yes, I got you. Which is really nothing. It's not one kilometer um, far away. It's just you can just do twice the block. The crikey! And, and you have to, yeah, yes, yes. But um, and each time when you go out, you have to print a document and sign it and declare that you are declaring on your honor um, that you're going out for grocery shopping or whatsoever and sign it. And actually, there are very many policemen patrolling. Um, it was like this, um, like you said, like in London last week. So people could still go out, but it gets reinforced this week. Yes, we. I think uh, we've also the naughty people, those that just refuse to accept the what the government governments have said. But as the death, the unfortunate and awful death toll rises, I think it's really hitting home to people that you know this isn't this isn't just a a virus that older vulnerable people get, but anyone can get it. And I think yes. Hor I th horrible, horrible. It is, and I, whilst we're a week behind Paris, they said that we we on lockdown for an initial three weeks. But the reality of the situation is, until the the virus and the deaths peaked and are perhaps on the way down, I think we're in for the long haul. Yes, and even though um, they say that if we uh, release the lockdown too early, it's going to rise even more. So. It's important to to keep going, I guess. It, it is, and um, you know, I'm I feel for everybody that lives in apartments around the world. I mean, obviously in England we are this we're this country. Okay, a lot of people live in apartments, but we're a country where you you have your little house and a little garden because you know you know us, me, he we love our gardens, so we can always open the door and go outside and um, go and have a sit sit down. Certainly in this sunny weather. But for many people around the world that don't have the type of society that we do, living in an apartment must be so difficult. Yes, I think just beside opening the window, I don't know. Um, the other thing is that when I open my window, I, I am one of the fortunate one who has a garden. But uh, when I open the window, now birds are flying around. Yes. And there's, yes, it's, I mean, nature always gets to its um it ends right so um if, if we cannot go out nature is coming inside so i i mean and, and the lovely weather 
it's incredible. We all want to go out and we can't, but the weather is coming. So I really hope that you um, that you can enjoy a little bit of of the sunshine or whatsoever. I mean, a few a, moments which are given, yeah. Yeah, as a global, global community, I mean, it, it, what's really weird is, it's not really weird at all because we know the planes aren't flying, but we are, where I live, um, we're partly over a flight path that goes one, to one of the London airports and silence. And as you say, all you can hear now is birds. Yes, yes. Isn't it wonderful? It's not wonderful being locked up, but wonderful to hear and see nature again. I mean, it's going to change our lives radically. And one thing that I can observe is the the people who are looking for music right now, uh, the people who try to talk to me if um, I can give them some advices because they're going to take out their flutes like um, after a long period of non-practicing. And um, yes, I just this morning I saw a part from a very good friend of mine People say in France that culture is unnecessary. This was one of the slogans to cut all the budgets in France. But what would we be now in lockdown without culture, without television, without music, without anything? We could do really nothing. So um, as one said, that music is a way to travel without moving. And uh, I really hope that um, people will be more sensitive to the importance that represent so how difficult are you finding it as a musician to practice Miki? as i can say for myself not that much because i have lovely neighbors and um when i finish a piece they are plodding <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> and um yes so th- th- that's really nice i try not to open the windows though when i play um french people some of them are doing this and they get some angry messages some colleagues do not have the the luxury to practice in their own home, and so they are kind of blocked. Um, everybody is very tiny, um, in, in living in tiny apartments and side by side. And if the apartment is big, it's mostly old, yes. so uh, it's resonance uh, resonates a lot. And when people are stuck in their apartments all day, they're getting kind of nervous so uh, and annoyed about some music sound beside if it's doing over and over the same thing again. So this, this really is going to be affecting every musician's mental health and not only the musicians, but also neighbours' mental health. So, <laughs> you know, there is a, you know, there's a big potential problem coming up. Once we can get a vaccine, I mean, there'll be a lot of musicians that won't be comfortable going straight out and playing because they, they will feel that they've lost so much with the confinement. Yes, I, I'm confronted to these questions very often these days. For example, one of my students is a, is a newly became mom. And she cannot take care of of everything and practice at the same oh. time and, and cook. And so I just wanted to say one thing. It's that I, I really want to applaud all the moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're the real heroes because you're taking care of everybody at home. And even though 
Um, during normal period, you don't have enough time for yourself, but right now it's none. So um, I'm developing uh, some practice tips without playing and when you can play when you can uh, um, that you can do late in the evening excuse my english it's not my first language <laughs> uh, and um so actually uh, sh shall i tell them yes go on me when you when you do uh, i i call them um exercise a sec it's a dry exercises so you put your flute um your embouchure on your left shoulder and you take your flute just like usual yes and be about the noise that you're making with your keys so uh, uh, it's very important to have the metronome beside because um, when you don't have the blowing um, action you are very you're going you're going to become very confused about the rhythmic rhythm yep. so please put uh, down a metronome like an, on 80 or 100 or 108 not going further than that and there is a noise when you hit a key when the key key goes down and when the key goes up usually you will start with a big huge noise when the key goes down and a quasi non-existent noise when the key goes up so uh, when you want to develop your finger muscles you need to develop them at both sides um, meaning downwards and upwards so um, if you try to make the sound, the rising sound, as big as the lowing sound, in which case you must meet in the middle. So you need to hit not so hard the key and make it rather soft, and then really, really rise it quick in order to have both sounds kind of equal. Then um, it will train your fingers as much as necessary. So, so the thing is that, in my opinion, since you cannot blow and move your fingers and accumulating all the difficulties together um, and having a lot of time to practice, uh, we can be smart and separate the difficulties one by one and attack them like this. So actually, um, this student who is a mom, I told her that you would need, she would need just a little bit less than 30 minutes of time uh, to check if everything what she practiced in her head is coming going along as well. So um, sound exercise is the same. For sound exercises, you can have two strips of scotch tape yep. put on the head joint so that you have a kind of two millimeter gap between both strips. And when you blow, you can, you can hear the sound, but it's kind of diminishing, like, I, really, you cannot just hear a tiny, tiny little sound, but you can still hear a sound. So that's the way we, how you can combine it. And then it's really, really important that you have that half an hour where can, you can blow out and uh, be content and happy to yourself. Do you also recommend whistle tones or do you think that is probably not the best way to practice at this moment? It's not the best way. I'm, I'm against it because if you do whistle tones, you will um, make your sound with a very little amount of air and your breathing capacity will diminish. And a whistle tone is interesting when it's less than 5% of your total practice time. But if it's going to do the whole a session then you will lose your breathing capacity and that's more dangerous than not practicing so whistle tone it's a big no for me rather not practicing would be more beneficial than doing whistle tone well that's fantastic advice Mihi, because you're addressing 
your normal playing and using a great idea scotch tape but more importantly you're keeping the muscle memory going in your fingers yes yes and the breathing technique is the same because if you do the scotch tapes you can breathe normally and you can overblow whatsoever but um, the most most important thing is that the biggest muscle that we have in your our body which is going to be weakened during the confinement is the breathing muscle yes so um, if you cannot do any fluid or whatsoever, try to do some yoga, some pilates, some some exercise at home, muscle exercises. Just keep the muscle mass alive. So what is your survival tip? Obviously, you've given us some as a musician, as a flute player, but as, as a human being during this time, because yeah, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Oh, really? Yes. Uh, um, um, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm really talk, speaking from my heart because yesterday I had this big um, depressive feeling that I was just sad. I mean, everybody is sad and, and we're just sad. And it's so important that we are not sad. So uh, we need to take care of ourselves and cutting really from everything. I mean, why is this so difficult? We were so happy to have a couple of hours hanging um, hanging around in our couch and watching some TV or reading a book. And why is this so different now? It, and I think it's because of the emotional pressure. First of all, I would say um, you need to take care of your emotional health. And um, when you feel tired, just take the time and don't wait. Um, don't do like like I did last week. Um, yes, I still have to work one one more day and I'm going to rest after. No, 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 it's a no. If you kind of do this and wait too long, the stress is going to um, cumul accumulate. Yes. And, and then you, you have no, 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 no way to, to get it off again. So it's really by tiny, 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 tiny um, over, over limit. You need to react right away, right? For example, if you feel tired, if you feel emotional distress or something, just lock yourself somewhere and uh, breathe and uh, just in half an hour. But it has to be immediately. Please don't wait because if you wait, it's going to pile up and then it's, it's impossible to get away. And what type of music do you like to listen to? Um, actually, because I usually listen to very broad styles of music, very many. Um, I'm, I love jazz. I really like Faro um, from Portugal. Yep. I, I'm really listening to a lot of things. Right now, I'm most into Bach and Baroque and Gregorian. Um, singing because I think it calms me a lot down. Uh, it's it's it depends. Sometimes I need some inspiration. Then I'm I'm listening to romantic big works and brilliant piano music and and symphonical and everything. And sometimes I'm just listening to to single lines um, or. Human voice, human voices is very nice. I would um, express a lot of uh, a big thank to everybody who is um, posting so much these days. I was thinking that it's although it's important why you are posting, but because sometimes I hear that it's very stressful what you are posting. So let's let's just do a little bit more more 
good to each other and yeah but i'm i'm the same i mean it's it's i i what i'm saying it's it's very powerful the emotion which comes through when you're posting something online so um yeah let's let's stay calm yes because as we know the flute, flute community is it's always been quite active on social media but it's just exploded since the uh, the lockdown and as you rightly say people's emotions frustrations are coming out and yes. everybody's, everybody's trying to be joyful yes and but it's it's beautiful i mean everybody is wonderful they are wonderful players and so on and um especially i would love to uh it, it this is my opinion it's it's totally personal so one of my friends launched this what is hashtag yes. uh, what yeah. yeah. day in bach which i'm following since a couple of days and it was a very good occasion for me to discover a lot more repertoire that I haven't uh, looked into for a long time, which is not only for flute, but for other instruments as well. Since in Baroque um, period, we were not bound to one instrument in one piece. You, you could switch anything. And it's it's fabulous because he has, uh, Bach has so many, so many um, uh, jewels, to be interpreted and there's so, so many things to do what's the hashtag again mihi uh one day one bach one. so uh, number, number one day uh in letters and number one and bach. one day one bach i'm gonna have a look at this as soon as <laughs> we finish this podcast right Wonderful. mihi should we move on to more happy things yes i've asked you if we could play one of your pieces of music just so people can hear you because you're an absolutely beautiful player. And what have you chosen? Um, yes, um, this is what, what I did in during lockdown. Here, one of the first pieces that I recorded uh, by myself. It's a trio where I played all the flute parts. It's from François de Vienne, first trio of six, 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 six trio pour trois flûtes in, um, in D major. Thank you. 
Oh, well, Mihi, I would have loved to listen to the whole recording of that. Absolutely beautiful. Bravo, my lady. Thank you. How did you get all the parts to play at the same time? Um, yes, so there is, uh, I used GarageBand on a MacBook. And um, there is some tricks to do uh, when you want to record um, with yourself. So uh, the first thing is that uh, make a first recording, which you're going to throw away uh, and use it as a guideline. And uh, most, uh, the best is when you use the first flute. And don't don't keep it. Just just throw it away at the end. So you, it does not need to be perfect. Just keep on the rhythm and so on. And then you record independently each voice on top of it. And then when you do it to put it together, when everything is there, uh, you throw away the first flute and you play again on top of it. And then it makes it more natural. The second tip is that when you record, that you need to be reactive. Whenever you play lower notes, like uh, the lower register, please anticipate your notes and play them almost too early because on recordings they come always too late. And then at the end, um, it's nice if you can specialize. I don't know how do you say it in English. Uh, put the first flute on the left, the second in the center, and the third on the right. And then you will have a kind of panoramic experience. And that sounds nice too. Right. Mihi. Mihi, Mihi, Mihi. You know everybody. Jean-Paul, Jean-Paul. <laughs> you know everybody in the flute world and everybody knows you. Yes. Now, I, I know a lot of people, um, by the way, say hello to all my friends, um, because I was so long in the milieu. Um, I started studying with Alain Marion in Paris when I was 15. And then uh, by accumulating all these um, magnificent teachers and maestros, I had crossed paths with very, very many people. And um, yeah, for a very long time, though. So you told me once you, when you came over to London, we had lunch. I made the comment that you're always happy and smiling. Oh, and you said, yes. yeah, but you were you weren't you, didn't, you feel like you weren't always like this. Sometimes no. you're very, very serious. Yes. Uh, so I'm very, very serious when I'm teaching. I'm my my. Students are all freaked out when when they come to lesson, <laughs> and that's very funny because I I'm smiling like this. I'm doing jokes and I explain it in a very simple way and so on. But probably they are they are freaked out because I hear everything. I mean, I hear a lot. I cannot say that I hear everything, but I hear a lot, and I'm just saying my comments are like two percent of what I'm hearing. So um, yeah, probably. Uh, what what can I say? Yes, I was a very I, I was very sure about myself when I was little. And then when I came to oh yes, this is interesting. Um, I'm an Asian, so I I have an Asian face, and I grew up in Korea, but I also grew up in Germany when I was little. So um, I was used to have kind of a very uh, natural way to communicate with uh, European type people. And um, this was very funny because when I looked into the mirror, I'm always surprised that I am an Asian. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, also the thinking and so on. And actually, some of my my friends, my Japanese friends, they told me that uh, you are you're really European and so on. But it, it was the difficult thing was to have um, many cultures inside my body. So this is a kind of hello to every multicultural person. If somebody would ask me, what is your primary language? There's there's going to be a very big blank. Because I actually speak four languages, and English is the is probably the third or the fourth. Yeah, first of all, I'm I feel most comfortable in French, um, in German, and in Korean, and English is a little bit um, behind. In my head, if you ask what I am. In which language I'm thinking? It's I, I don't know if it's interesting. This I can it is. put it up. Yeah, very much. I was I was going to ask what what language do you thinking? Oh yes. Um, so if 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 I'm thinking, actually I think in no language, and this is like I I ha- I hold a, an apple in my head hands and it's this this and then I can say apples hagua apple um in any language and it comes immediately so i was um consulting a linguist once because it was I, I found it very interesting and she said that there is a precognitive state of language and uh, that i have to navigate only in this pre-language state because if not i get my languages mixed up ja, und, und jetzt kann ich auch auf Deutsch sprechen und es ist überhaupt kein Problem, weil ich lieber auf Deutsch spreche als auf Englisch. Und äh, ja, aucun problème si je parle français, parce que ça c'est vraiment le plus confortable, parce que je m'en sors, enfin, euh, je m'en sers tous les jours. Yes. So she said that uh, switching from one, one language to the other, like this rapidly and without translating, it's only possible if I can think in a precognitive stage. Right. So you are generally one of the few global citizens that that are happy in many, many different languages. So where is your heart? If someone wants to say, Mihi, what are you? Um, my teacher, Professor Paul Meisen, he stand there with his smile and he said, I'm a cosmopolitan. Yes. Yeah. So on my heart, I, I love people. I love people, um, whatever language they speak, wherever they come from, what age they are, if they're grumpy, if they're nice, if they're smiling. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm home, I'm home in, in company of people. And I can confirm that. I've only ever known you to be smiley and happy and genuinely interested in the person you're talking to. Um, I like something. Something is very, very important for me it's that when i'm in front of a little person like six years old or seven years old since i am very keen to learn languages i try to learn how this person thinks and this person talks and so um i'm adapting my language to the six-year-old and it's very funny because the first lesson of a six-year-old who touches flute, she comes and uh, it's, let's say it's a girl, she comes and she sits there and there's a big silence. And the, the mother is beside and she doesn't know what to do. Uh, yeah, So she waits. So I sit there, I, I take the chair beneath her and I sit down and I wait. And I wait. And then she looks at me 
and she says, you must say something. And I say something. (laughs) (laughs) And then she says, no, you're silly. Then I said, I'm not. (laughs) And then then she she gets totally confused and the the mother is laughing. (laughs) And so it goes on and then we become best friends. And then when she takes the flute in the hand, she she blows into the flute because I'm doing it. She wants to do the same thing. And she's frustrated because she cannot play like me. Because I'm her friend. So she must do it like me. So at that point, I start, uh, just just I show her what to do. And like in two months and so, she can play Alizienne whatsoever. And it goes really, really crazy fast after that because the kid has the motivation. This is one of my uh, deep, dearest things the experience that I have not very often, really not very often, once once in a really, really long time. But when it happens, then I'm very, very glad about this. You're exactly right. Your students do, they rapidly improve over a very short period of time, don't they? Yes, yes. It's, it's, it's because um, improving, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about, about improving. It's that when I have all these informations, when I listen to somebody, it's mostly that I try to think like this person. And um, when I understand the person, then I can understand what's blocking her or he, him. And then I try to figure it out. And it's not that I make them progress quickly. I, I, I'm talking about um, professional students. Um, it's that I'm pulling away the the, the blocking element, and then uh, then it goes fluent. And the the one I wish to everybody is that to achieve their potential. And this is one of my goals in the teaching. I mean, I cannot make somebody play better than they they are meant to be, but I can at least try to unleash their potential at hundred percent. Now, is this specifically something that you've learnt that you've that you've brought out of yourself, or has one of your teachers in the past done similar to you? I had a lot of um, luck with my teachers. Um, mostly, the last teacher I had was Pierre Varto, and um, he was a wonderful teacher to me, and um, he saw that I was a good teacher because before that, um, uh, let me say that I'm coming from a family where everybody is a professor. So when I was 10 years old, my mom, who was a professor, told me that if you don't go practice the flute, you're becoming a professor. And then I said, no, no, no. And I I practice flute. So, um, but somehow the life always catches you up, right? And then at some curious coincidence I had to become a professor and I became it and then um, Arthur, uh, Monsieur Arthur told me that you said something in the entry examination of the Paris Conservatory to become a professor, uh, certified professor, nationally certified professor um, he told me that um, you said something that we could genuinely feel that you love the student that you're interested into the student and this is what i want to say to everybody it's that the teacher needs to know you in order to understand your problems and and fix them 
and most of all when the teacher can understand you, you have different fi figures you have the professor who cannot understand what you're struggling with and who has a lot to say then you have the other one who understands but he cannot say anything and then he has the one who does not understand and has nothing to say but that's quite eliminatory i guess and then you have the teacher who understands you and who has a lot to say so i mean um if i could get all these wonderful teachers it's also because i was very quick to leave a teacher when it's not good for, when it was not good for me so um the important thing is that you need to find your teacher who understands you and who knows who, who can express himself as well so that's probably the most I, I even don't know why I'm saying this <laughs> I'm sure we all know people that fit into each and every one of those boxes Mihi yes, so um actually when you when you have the right teacher who understands you and who can explain you what's wrong with you it's not about the teaching it's about the confidence because uh, if you have if you are with a teacher who does not understand you you feel lonely and you will try always try to improve yourself and please the teacher and doing whatever you're you're not capable of doing in order to 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 get a compliment and modify yourself and and that that's not okay because whenever you try to change yourself um, you're not going to be as good as the person who is born that way and then you will always be second and uh, and then at some point you will understand that you are born wrong because it's not the way that you should be and. This is so dangerous. I have a lot of students coming to me and I have to fix this because they are they are really, really in that belief that something's wrong with them because their teacher told them so and they desperately want to please the teacher. And uh, in the first lessons when I'm seeing somebody and the person is so eager to, to please me, I'm saying um, I need to know who you are. I don't know what you're doing, but it's it's not so. So just just don't try to get a get a compliment from me, but just find yourself, and uh, that's very important because if you can be the person you're meant to be, and do music, and if you have a teacher who supports you and who understands the way you are and who can help you becoming um, the better yourself then it's going to contribute a lot on your confidence. Yes, when you have a teacher who understands you and who is capable of taking you further from the point where you are and not modifying anything, it will really make you feel loved or feel um, confident. Uh, in my opinion, love is when you meet a person who understands you or who cares enough to let you be like you are. And um, this is probably what um, my teachers wanted me to understand, that uh, actually I was so eager to try to become like somebody else where I was not supposed to be. And then I was frustrated because I was working so hard and um, I was not as good as they were. And that was the kind of turning point when I understood that um, 
actually I had to find my own way to develop things and so on. And this is where the language thing comes very handy because I sincerely believe that everybody is communicating through their body language, as you said at the beginning, their, their face and everything. And um, then it's just that don't try to modify anything, but just see what you see and try to um, make it better. It's always very hard, though, for someone to make that decision to leave their teacher, isn't it? Yes, because there is a very effective uh, investment in it. Um, the point is that when you have had a teacher uh, which whom you are very close and you had spent so many years to please him or her, it's kind and uh, you want to leave that person only when you are ready and when you have pleased him or her. But actually, I doubt that it's going to happen. So the best moment is actually when you are still in good terms and when you can thank, say thank you, I have learned a lot and please forgive me. Um, I have to go somewhere else and I will come back when I'm ready again. Oh, that's really sweet. So in effect, we're all little tiny birds that when we are, when we feel the need to fly off, we can fly off to learn other tricks. Yeah, but this is a lot of pain, you know. Um, I, I, I was thinking the bird, when the bird, the baby bird has to leave yes. the mom. They must be very, very sad, right? Yes. And, and so, yes, uh, that's probably the first thing I had to learn when I was, um, when I became a professor uh, because when you are just a teacher um, you usually keep your students for a very long time when you're a professor especially at the Ecole Normale um, you only have the students for one year or, or two maybe three it's very rare when you have more and um, then eventually you have to let them go and it's like a given time it's it's a kind of a different functioning uh, the thing is that in one year or in two years, you give the person the, the most important informations to to make them be, become independent. So actually, when you have your first lesson with me or with other wonderful professors in the economic, uh, it's that you go from the starting point that we are going to prepare you to leave. So um, it's like when you do gro groceries, like now, <laughs> when you do groceries and uh, you know that the next time you don't know at what, um, what time you can buy things again, then you will pack up everything and you will do it very wisely if you have a just small caddy and so on, instead of when you say that, oh, you're going to come again tomorrow if needed. So it's, it's kind of a different way of, of approaching teaching. Well, it's a fabulous insight into not only the way that you teach, but also you as a person, Mihi. It's just <laughs> a wonderful insight. Mihi, what tip can you offer a flutist to help with their playing? What, what piece of advice, one piece of advice? Um, one general piece of advice, which came from uh, one of my beloved teachers, Aurel Nicolet, 
is that he just said you blow and you move your fingers. <laughs> yes, but there's such a wisdom in it. You know, I'm I'm feeling like the the all those people who are reading the Bible and then try to interpret every single word of it in thousands of ways to understand what they need to. And my understanding of this was that actually when you blow hard, when you blow a lot, you forget moving your fingers. When you move your fingers, you forget blowing. So the most important thing and the most difficult thing is to do both at the same time. It resumes everything for me. Where can our audience, our global Talking Flutes podcast audience, find you online. Oh, <laughs> um, um, Instagram, Facebook. Yes. Kim, uh, and Instagram is Platinum Flute. And I have a website and YouTube as well, uh, mihikim.com. And if not, um, always via email, Facebook, chat, everything. I'm kind of quite present and i'm very very happy to answer your questions if there's any so what the our audience and our listeners won't know is that we've experienced and have been experiencing quite a few technical issues this morning probably because the world is using the internet due to lockdown so thank you mihi for struggling through with the connections and it's been thank you it's been gorgeous to speak to you and there's so much wisdom as always comes out <laughs> thank you so much for your appreciation i'm very honored to be on mic today and i promise that when the world finally comes awake that you know we'll enjoy a coffee and a cake in paris again let's do it <laughs> that's a date so thank you once again to mihi and for you for listening into the first of the talking flutes coronavirus lockdown survival podcasts wherever you are Please try to keep smiling through these strange times. Keep practicing and know that one day these dark COVID clouds will lift and the sun will once again shine through on us all. Take care and stay healthy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Talking Flutes and Talking Flutes Extra are podcast productions by the Trevor James Flute Company. For more information, visit trevorjamesflutes.com.